Hi, this is Pastor Jeff, and I just want to take a moment to thank you for subscribing to our podcast. Hey, if these resources have been a blessing to you, would you please consider supporting us so we can continue to be here and reach even more people for Christ? Look for the donate link right here on your podcast player. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy today's message. God bless you. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Hi, I'm Pastor Jeff Shreve, and we're in my new series, Written in Stone, a study of the Ten Commandments. Today, we'll learn three vital elements of this fourth and often misunderstood commandment as we study the Sabbath and the Christian. As we get into the fourth commandment concerning the Sabbath day, lots of questions, especially for a Christian. That's why I've entitled this message, The Sabbath and the Christian. Uh, Do we just blow off the fourth commandment because we say, well, it really doesn't apply to us. And, And I mean, the Sabbath day for the Jews... That was the seventh day. That is Saturday. We don't don't come to church on Saturday. We come to church on Sunday. And so we say, hey, something has happened to the fourth commandment. Well, God wants us to understand the fourth commandment and to obey the fourth commandment in our New Testament understanding of it. So, Let's do something today in honor of the Lord, in honor of His Word. Would you stand with me as we read from Exodus chapter 20? Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, Yahweh your Elohim, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you, for in six days... The Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. You may be seated. So, the question, do you really understand the fourth commandment? Do you understand what it means to us today. Now, I want to share with you three 
very key elements concerning the fourth commandment to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. So you can't, we have to understand, we have to listen, we have to learn, and then we can remember what the Lord has said. So three, three uh, key elements. Key element number one, remember why the Sabbath was established. See, he says, remember, call to mind. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Well, remember why the Sabbath was established. Interesting, very, very interesting. The first three commandments, you shall not, you shall not, you shall not. This one says, remember, remember. It's not a you shall not, it's a remember. So uh, is this something brand new? It can't be brand new if the Lord says, remember the Sabbath day. And we know that in Genesis, the Bible tells us about the Sabbath day. The Lord rested on the seventh day. But even for the children of Israel, they knew in Exodus 16 about the Sabbath because when the Lord rained down manna upon the people so they would have something to eat in the wilderness, they ate manna for 40 years, and it would be like dew on the ground, and they would gather it up. It was like wafers filled with honey. Probably the closest thing we would say is something like frosted flakes, but it would sustain them. And here was the thing the Lord said, now, you go every morning to get the manna, but the manna will come fresh every morning. If you wait too long, it's going to dissolve in the sun and it's going to be gone, and you can't store it. If you try and store the manna, you will find that it will breed worms and grow foul. You don't store it except on Friday. Friday, you gather twice as much as you need because it's not going to be there on Saturday, the seventh day, the Sabbath day. And this is what the Lord said, Exodus 16, verses 29 and 30. See, the Lord has given you, or Moses said this, see, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you bread for two days on the sixth day. Remain every man in his place that no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Well, they knew that before the Ten Commandments that this Sabbath day is a special day. But God wrote it in stone with the finger of God. Commandment number four, the laws of worship in our vertical relationship with him. We keep this set aside to keep it holy, to keep it sacred, this one day in seven. Exodus 31, the Lord goes on to say this, but as for you, Moses, speak to the sons of Israel saying, you shall surely observe my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who sets you apart as holy. So the sons of Israel shall observe the Sabbath to celebrate the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the sons of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, but on the seventh day he ceased from labor and was refreshed. So why was the Sabbath established? Well, it's established for a sign. And it's a sign between God and Israel, between God and the sons of Israel. And first of all, it was a sign commemorating creation because he always connects it to creation. 
He says, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. You don't do any work. Why? For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy, because that was his day of rest. So it commemorates God's creation. Now how did God create? He spoke. He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Psalm 33, verse 9. That's how God did it. He said, let there be light, and boom, there was light. And there was evening and there was morning the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day. And we know that evolution can't uh, exist in a macro sense. Why? Because things reproduce after their kind. And so a a cat is going to reproduce a cat. Uh, a, a canine is going to reproduce a canine. And in, the, in horticulture, you have an apple tree. An apple tree is going to reproduce apples. You don't get a, a lemon from an apple tree. It just doesn't. Things reproduce after their kind. So things can't become other things. And uh, the Lord makes it clear, this is how I did it. And he then connects it to the work week. So we know that when he talks about a day, he's not talking about an age. He's not talking about a geological period. In six days you shall labor and do your work. What did that mean to them? Well, that's six 24-hour days. And the seventh day, well, that's a special day. You set that apart for the Lord. That's a, that's a seventh 24-hour day. And so we commemorate as we remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We commemorate God's creation because that's how God connected it, Genesis 2. And by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. So, a sign for the Jews commemorating God's creation. But secondly, it was a sign commemorating deliverance from Egypt. Now, here's something so cool. So, the Ten Commandments is repeated twice in the Bible. It's in Exodus when it was happening, and uh, that is recorded for us, Exodus 20, but it's also in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And in Deuteronomy 5, he goes through the Ten Commandments. When it comes to commandment number 4, there's more insight given in commandment number four. He says the same things that we just read, but then he adds this. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So it's connected to creation. It's also connected to deliverance from Egypt. What is God saying? You're my special people. You're my special treasure. You don't live like everybody else. And there's one day in seven that you set aside to keep holy for me because I am the God who gives you life. And one in seven is a day that is special to me and to be focused on me. So, Very first essential, key essential. Remember why the Sabbath was established. Second essential. Remember why the Sabbath was so important. I mean, think about it. He's like, why 
Why, why did this get, get in the Ten Commandments? To remember the Sabbath, to keep it holy. And why does the Bible talk about the Sabbath so much? You know, you could say, as it related to the Jews, this became the primo commandment. I mean, it's spoken of 130 times in the Bible. It's 76 times in the Old Testament and 60 times in the New Testament. You do a word search on the word Sabbath, and you come up with those numbers in the New American Standard Bible, 50 times in the Gospels. And Jesus got in trouble with the Pharisees so much of the time with, as it related to the Sabbath. You are breaking the Sabbath, they would accuse Jesus of. He broke their man-made laws on the Sabbath, but he never broke the Sabbath. And here's the thing. We all have a tendency to do this. We take the commands of God and we turn them into legalistic laws. And everything becomes an external legalism. The Lord wants us to understand the commandments from a heart perspective. And it's not just legalism. For instance, Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. And maybe you're here and you say, yeah, I've never done that. I've never committed adultery. But I say to you, anyone who looks on a woman to lust for her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Who can say they've never looked on a woman to lust for her? Or in the women's, the women's case, looked on a man to lust for him. Hey, we're guilty of that. Those are heart things. And God is much more interested. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Pharisees did all the external things, but they didn't go deeper and look into their hearts because Jesus said, your heart is rotten. You're like a whitewashed tomb. You look good on the outside. It's external, but inside, it's all rottenness. So remember why the Sabbath was so important, because God is a good God, and he wanted to bless his people. So three reasons why the Sabbath is so important and why the penalty is so severe. Number one, God wanted his people to work diligently. He says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord. In it you shall not do any work. And so the Lord wants his people to work diligently. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But now second reason for the Sabbath rest. God wanted his people not only to work diligently, but to rest completely. See, man is a house of three rooms. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, I pray that your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete, blameless in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your you're made spirit, that's how we know God in our spirit, soul, that's our mind, will, and emotions, and body, that's the physical part of life. And the Sabbath was given one day in seven, see the word Sabbath, Shabbat, means rest, and it's to cease from labor. It was given to, for us to rest and to take a blow, so to speak, to uh, to, to put aside all the working things and to just rest our spirit, our soul, and our body. Some people don't ever rest. If you're always go, 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 seven days a week, and there is no end of that, it's just keep you pedal to the metal, God didn't create you for that. He doesn't want you to do that. 
He wants you to take one day, you set it aside, and you rest. Hey, a lumberjack is not wasting his time when he stops chopping to sharpen his axe. And that's what the rest does for us. For us, It sharpens us spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically. So God wanted his people to work diligently. Six days you shall labor. God wanted his people to rest completely. And the most important, God wanted his people to worship regularly and worship sincerely, to worship him from the heart. One day in seven, set apart for God. And you say, well, we only worship God one day in the week, one day in seven. No, you worship God every day. But there's one day that's a special day. You set that aside. You don't do any work. You set it aside as holy, as sacred, and you give yourself to the Lord in a special day of undivided attention and undivided worship. And that is critical. It is critical in the Lord's uh, commandments that you do that that you remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Remember why it was established. It's connected to creation, commemorate creation. It's connected to their deliverance from Israel. It's a sign between God and the sons of Israel. Remember why it's so important. It's work, then it's rest. And it's resting in the Lord and worshiping Him. And then thirdly, remember what the Sabbath means to us today. So the Jews, what all Old Testament Jews, they gather on Saturday. During the time of Jesus in the Gospels, what would He do? They would gather on Saturday, the Sabbath day. Shabbat Shalom, you hear that in in Israel today. uh, Sabbath peace. And uh, they would come together at the synagogue on Saturday. Well, we don't do that. We come on Sunday. So what does it mean to us today? Well, it's important to remember the distinction between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. So they had the Sabbath day. We have in the New Testament something greater, which is called the Lord's Day. The Lord's Day. Now, was the Sabbath day important? Yes. And is the principle of one in seven important? Yes. Do we say the fourth commandment commands us to meet on Saturday, as some do? Seventh-day Adventists, they meet on Saturday. Seventh-day Baptists, they meet on Saturday. They take the fourth commandment and they they take it legalistically and say that's when you're supposed to meet because that's what it says. Well, the Sabbath day is Old Testament. In the New Testament, we have the Lord's day. And why is that so important? Because the first day of the week, that's when Jesus rose from the grave. There's no getting around that. He rose on Sunday on the first day of the week. Mark tells us that, Luke tells us that, and John tells us that. Jesus appeared to his disciples, the resurrected Christ, on Sunday. John, in Revelation chapter 1, said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. That's the first day of the week, the Lord's day. And God gave him, the Lord Jesus appeared to him and gave him the book of the Revelation. And when did that occur? On Sunday, on the first day of the week, on the Lord's day. Everything changed on 
the Lord's day for the Christian. And because Jesus Christ came up out of that tomb, we worship, and the early church always worshiped on Sunday. The principle of commandment number four hasn't changed. Honor the Sabbath day, as some people say, the Christian Sabbath, which is the Lord's day, and keep it holy. Secondly, they worked and worshiped, and we worship and work. Now, the Lord says six days you shall work, but the seventh is the Sabbath day. It's the day of rest. In it you shall do no work. So they would work six days from Sunday to Friday and rest on Saturday. In Christ, we reverse that. What do we do the first day of the week? We worship. We worship and rest in the Lord on the first day of the week. And we worship and then we work. They would work and then they worship. They're under the old covenant. We're under the new covenant. And what do we do? We start out every week and we say, God, we give you this week and we're going to take the very first day to worship you, Lord Jesus, who rose again on Sunday morning, the first day, the Lord's day. It's a picture of salvation because we worship and we rest in the finished work of Jesus, and then we go out from here, and we work, and we spread the gospel. We come in here to be refreshed and renewed and reminded of the truth, and we all have a tendency, what is church? It's to return us to true north as we hear from the Word of God, preach the Word, Paul told Timothy, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. So we come to church to hear the Word of God, because here is true north, and we all have a tendency to drift from true north, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. We come together, and boom, we're put back onto true north. And coming to church and hearing sermons, it's not so much you're hearing things you've never heard before. You may hear truth that you've never heard presented like that before, but the truth doesn't change. If it's new, it's not true. But we come to be encouraged in the truth, and we come to worship Him to prepare us to work. Matthew 6, what did Jesus say? But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And that's what we do at the first of the week, this side of Calvary. And then number three, they were before Christ, and we are after Christ. See, the Old Testament says someone is coming, and the New Testament says that someone is here, and his name is Jesus, and he changes everything. We're a new creation in Christ. It's far better to live this side of the cross than to live on the Old Testament side of the cross. Now, you're still saved the same way. You're saved by trusting in God's provision for your sin. No one was ever saved by keeping the Ten Commandments because nobody could keep the Ten Commandments. As it says in Galatians chapter 3, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ. The law shows you that you're a sinner. The law is like a mirror. It shows you that you're filthy. Now, everybody looked in the mirror this morning, hopefully, before you came to church. You looked in the mirror, oh, my face is dirty, or oh, I missed a spot shaving. Well, you didn't try and clean your face with the mirror. That would be stupid. That's not the purpose of the mirror. The purpose of the mirror is to show you how dirty you are, to show you how out of whack things are. The law has become our tutor to lead us 
to Christ. They were before Christ, and they worshiped on the seventh day. We are after Christ, and we worship on resurrection day. This is what Paul says in Colossians 2. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So, the Ten Commandments, God's moral law. Hey, He hasn't rescinded murder. He hasn't rescinded adultery. He hasn't rescinded stealing or lying or coveting or he is the only God, or this is how you worship, but don't take his name in vain. You can't say, well, we're New Testament times. We can do all that stuff. No, you can't. Now, when it comes to the fourth commandment, we honor and remember and observe the Sabbath. We just know for the Christian, the Sabbath has become the Lord's day, and we gather on the Lord's day to worship him. The Ten Commandments were written in stone by the very finger of God. They are arguably the most important pieces of religious literature the world has ever known. Now, these commandments are critical for a society to function and flourish. But hey, some people don't want anyone to tell them what to do, not even God. Now, remember this, God didn't give the Ten Commandments to slaves. He gave them to those who had been freed from slavery through the blood of the Lamb. New Testament saints have much that we can learn from the Ten Commandments to help us shine more effectively and share the gospel with the lost and dying world. I'd like for you to receive a copy of this new 10-message series called Written in Stone, A Study of the Ten Commandments. Now, in this series, we'll dig deeply into each commandment and provide insight that will help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'd also love for you to share these important messages with others who need a solid foundation for their faith. The brand new 10 message series, Written in Stone, a study of the 10 commandments, is available on a USB flash drive, CDs, DVDs, or digital download. It's our gift of thanks to you for your support to From His Heart this month. You can make your gift when you call 877-777-6171 or go online to fromhisheart.org. And thank you for supporting this outreach to share real truth, love, and hope from God's heart. My friend, we're all guilty of breaking the Ten Commandments. We are sinners before God. That's why Jesus came. He came to pay the price for our sin. He came to be our Savior. He died on the cross and rose again from the dead. And if you'll put your faith and trust in Him, He will save you now and forever. So pray with me, Lord Jesus, I need you. I know that I'm a sinner and I'm lost and I can't save myself. But Jesus, I believe that you're God in the flesh. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. And right now, Jesus, I surrender my life, my heart, my all to you. Forgive me, cleanse me, save me, come to live inside me, change my life. And I promise to follow you all the days that you give me. In Jesus' name. My friend, if you'll pray that kind of prayer and mean it, the Lord will come in and your life will never be the same. If you just prayed that prayer with me, please let us know. The contact information is there. We wanna pray with you and help you any way we can. Listen, you're important to God and you're important to us. And we're here for you.